Hi, welcome to Cameras or Whatever, the podcast for the working professional photographer. I'm Tyler Stallman. And I'm Cameron Whitman. And usually when we take a really long time to put out an episode, we just <laughs> pretend that didn't happen. But um, it was summer break. Yeah. Uh, Cameron was on holidays, and then I'm currently kind of on holidays. I don't know if it comes home, but I'm on the road. Um, Working hard. Yeah. So (laughs) syncing up has been virtually impossible, but I think at this point we can just acknowledge, let's just acknowledge that we are a bi-weekly podcast. Yeah. I think that's fair because we, we we're, uh, we're the working photographers. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of hard to. Yeah. Once a week is a lot. Yeah. But, uh, we've, yeah, we haven't even caught up. I, I actually, I have no idea what's going on. I don't think I've updated you with what's going on. Yeah, I don't but think I've like, spoken with you in a month. Actually. Yeah, I have like tons to talk about. So awesome! If I uh, don't give you a chance, remind me to <laughs> let you talk to. <laughs> no uh, I want to start with kind of the newsy thing. The iPhone six S was announced, and that camera has such a huge impact on what people shoot that I think we can't ignore it. Um, yeah. You know, it's the it's the the most shot camera every year, probably even on Stocksy, even for like for businesses, for professionals. Like, a lot of our business now is Instagram uh, brand collaborations, which we often shoot on iPhones. Mm-hmm. So it has a huge impact, I think, on uh, what the world does. And yeah, did you did you follow it? Are you like I'm a like Apple nerd. I follow these things pretty closely. I don't really know how close. Yeah, I, I I do follow, but I'm not quite as tethered. So, um, you know, like I, I am aware of, of the, the changes and, um, it's, it's all very exciting. It's, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit intimidated by the, uh, the live photo thing. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what to expect from it yet. And I'm not sure exactly what that means. Um, but I also think that it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's very much a sign of uh, technological advance. You know? So I think it's, it's a part of it that I think is really super cool. And then there's another part that's just like, okay, <laughs> how much of this is watching me like do things I don't want people to know? <laughs> it's weird. So, but I, you know, all that aside, um, it seems like it's super cool. You know, um, I don't exactly know what the uh, the A9 processor is all about. Like that doesn't really mean anything to me. Oh, well, uh, it's, it it's very fast. <laughs> it, yeah, it actually it actually does have some interesting dedicated stuff to the camera. Like there is a thing in the processor that does the selfie flash. So mm-hmm. you know, it, at first I was thinking like, okay, they just turn the screen up really bright, but it's actually like overdriving the screen. It's turning it up more than it ever gets turned up in natural use. So it'll it'll probably actually kind of look like a like a tiny um you know LED panel or something like it'll be mm-hmm. a nice boost of soft light and that's something they did inside a processor hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, then plus I'm I'm sure they can do the live photo on the previous processor. I'm sure that's taking advantage of what's new. Like because do you know, do you know how it works? It's really interesting. It's actually not it's not like an animated GIF. It's not going to be choppy and it's also not video. It's mm-hmm. a stack of JPEGs that actually play back at 30 frames per second, but they're all, they live on their own as JPEGs in a way, uh, 30 at a time for a second and a half before the photo. Yeah. And if you don't know what this is, it, um, you press your finger harder and it'll record a second and a half before and after the, the photo. And you can kind of play it back like that. Harry Potter style. Weird. So you just pick the one you like. Well, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if you can access them. I've, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it how it works exactly because I think that you know just uh, speculating about it 
it sounds interesting. It sounds like it's potentially fun, but it also sounds like it's going to be hard to get that, that, you know, uh, okay, I'm going to be lame, but and say decisive moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not sure how that works exactly. You know? I'm going to guess that this is not going to become a thing. If I'm going to like put my money somewhere, uh, you know, I, it's, it's, it is fun, but unless it's like standardized, like, can you post them on Facebook and they'll play back like this? Um, if that starts happening, yeah. then it can become a thing, but. It's a curious thing. I think that that you maybe just touched on something that I've been thinking about in a larger scale, which is um, have we, you know, reached our kind of tech peak with camera technology and for and photography in general? Because I think that from from my perspective, I see a lot of people kind of reaching back and looking at film cameras and, and stuff like that to to try to like have a different in, engagement with it that is not so digital. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, I'm not like uh, afraid of technology. Like I love it and I, I use it. Um, I, I obviously still shoot digital for professional purposes. And there's a reason I do that. And it's because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, you know, uh, uh, unaware of those things. But I, at the same time, I think I, I do wonder how many more gimmicks we can really handle. Yeah. Uh, as professionals, I think that from a from a consumer perspective, it's completely different. But we're coming from a perspe- uh, professional perspective here, and wondering does this affect us at all? I'm mm. not sure. But let's let's look at the actual camera a little bit. They've finally boosted the megapixels to twelve uh, yeah. from eight that it was stuck at forever. Um, I think that had to happen. Uh, you know, the megapixel race isn't a big deal, but 12, like cropping is the issue, right? Like that's the big mm-hmm. restriction on an eight megapixel images. There's virtually no room to crop. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it is pretty fuzzy if you zoom in. Uh, so I, I, I bet this is going to look pretty great. Yeah. I'm really curious to see how that, how it resolves. You know, with the, I, the, the lens technology in these phones is just like, oh, man, yeah. I don't. It's it's so incredible. You and, know, uh, it, it's yeah, we, it just defies our our you know whatever we've come to learn. You <laughs> totally, know, yeah, like, that it can come out of these tiny little things. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have it a is. pre-ordered one for Anya, so I should have it pretty Sweet. soon, as soon as possible. So we're gonna get we're gonna get a live review. Yeah, uh, yeah, unboxing in depth. Yeah, um, <laughs> and. <clears throat> sorry but i know that in the next 24 hours i'm going to be completely sick so hopefully it doesn't i'm probably going to trigger it uh by talking for a while over talking yeah, yeah exactly but it's that's okay it's worth it we need to get it out there <laughs> uh we do spe- this for you guys <laughs> <laughs> speaking of live reviews well i guess not live reviews reviews um well i, I made some youtube videos which i haven't done forever um mm-hmm. but i did you did you see them no i haven't had a chance to, to even oh, yeah. breathe so um well good so then uh you it's none of it spoiled uh first yeah. <laughs> though i borrowed the pentax 645 z yes from the which camera I'm, store yeah which i'm really excited to to, to learn about oh so. my god okay so uh first of all thank you camera store thank you jordan who uh is on our show often um mm-hmm. camera store has an awesome youtube channel as well camera store tv so check them out um, and uh, to watch my review, it's uh, my YouTube account is Tyler Stallman with no spaces or anything. So um, you can get a breakdown of it here, but I'll probably talk a little more about it here. So this is this is a good place to listen to it. This is where you want to be. Uh, okay, so the Pentax 645Z is using that C, that huge CMOS sensor that everybody's using now. So mm-hmm. in theory, the image is at this point between Hasselblad and... Um, the the uh, 
phase one cameras should all be pretty similar. Uh, like they're, you know, there's a little processing magic that they each do, but m- mostly at this point, now it's up to the lenses and the like ergonomics of, of what you're into, except this camera is much cheaper. It's, I kind of don't remember the price. I think about $8,000, definitely under 10. And okay. I, I loved this camera like m- way more than I expected to. This is the first mm-hmm. time I'd spent serious time using a digital medium format and the ergonomics on it were brilliant like it it just felt like shooting a large dslr in the best Mm -hmm. possible way like i i didn't resist lifting it up and holding the shutter button down and taking a lot of photos and like the the focus was pretty fast like not nothing to complain about at all the uh it, it was also equally fast with the uh live view so i found a lot of myself like a lot of the time i could shoot the way that i would on a Hasselblad or, you know, uh, something where you're looking down into a mirror box, but you're looking down at a screen and the focus was about as fast as when you're looking through the mirror. So you could do the looking down thing. I loved that. I did it all the time and I'm really getting hooked on that way of shooting. Yeah. Well, you can get that, that awesome perspective from Yeah. That. It's it, well, it, it makes you more often shoot from a, a lower point of view. Like I, I, you know, I often do shoot from, low but every time i have to bend down to do that so i know there's tons of shots i end up taking from shoulder height just because i'm being lazy or i crouch a little bit but when you can just like lower the whole camera to your waist really comfortably and keep it there and keep shooting from there you do Mm -hmm. it more often and it's often worth it like a lot of the time that is the the place to be looking from yeah it's Um, that like vivian meyer perspective yeah right I just, uh, God, it's so good. Well, the way I started thinking about that perspective is that mm-hmm. usually, usually, unless you're trying to, you know, communicate something about like power relationships of looking up or down, um, mm-hmm. you want to look straight ahead at whatever your subject is. But right. I think what people get confused about early on in photography is that you think that like, because you're making eye contact with the person straight ahead is at their face level. But actually, it's to the middle of whatever you're looking at. So if you see, if you're taking a full body shot, then looking straight at them is, you know, like their belly button. Like that's straight on. And if it's a three quarters, then, you know, maybe it's their shoulders. And if it's a portrait, then it becomes that, then their eyes are are, um, straight on. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know, that was kind of just like a mental hack I came across sometime and... um, I know uh, it's it's it it's that. interesting because I don't think that that many people talk about that, and it's one of those kind of like uh, it's secret things about shooting. Like when you when you shoot people, mm-hmm. in order to 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 take you know exceptional portraits, like you have to 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 think about it in those terms, right? You know, I, otherwise, well, you know, if you're just using whatever's comfortable from your perspective, then it gets really boring. Real you fast. know, I got bogged down early on by somebody giving me advice that was. If you want to slim somebody that has, uh, you know, maybe a double chin, um, or like to slim larger people, shooting down can eliminate that that look from their neck. Like you see less neck, right? Mm-hmm. Which is still true. But then I, for my early years, was applying that to everybody, even people that had nothing to 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 try to de-emphasize in their neck. And mm-hmm. yeah, that it's not good on most people. Like that is not preferable. Like it, it no, it it looks weird. Yeah, especially at a full them. length. Like if you're if you yeah. if you see their feet and you're looking down on them, uh, it's the worst. Yeah, I don't like it that much. Actually, yeah. I actually um I I struggle with it when I'm doing headshots because um 
I know that it's a it's a popular perspective to take, mm-hmm. uh, but there's something about it that you know, I, I think it's maybe just experience. Like I look at it and I, I think that I'm I'm not telling the truth or something, right? You know, um, and and true, I might be using it to defend somebody, but and that might be helping their ego or how they you know want to be seen but that's what you're there for right is to help their ego yeah absolutely <laughs> in, in that case in that case like there's no thing about it right I'm, mm-hmm. I'm i'm doing it for them it's not for any other reason but like i think that for my personal work uh, i don't i almost never employ that yeah um so uh yeah anyway getting back to the camera i mean that yeah <laughs> that's a great that's a great <laughs> way to shoot with it uh have you looked at any files from it like have, have you seen yes. what the images look like Pretty yeah, good, right? well, I, um, I the camera store that I go to, which um, little plug is Dominion Camera here in Falls Church, Virginia. Mm-hmm. They that one of the guys that works there has this camera, and it's his his baby, and he's always talking about it. He's quite in love with it, and uh, I've now got to handle it, you know, half a dozen times, and you know, every time I see it, I'm like, let me touch it, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you know, like uh, he even was demonstrating how good the autofocus was and basically what he did is he put it on live view and he chased my son around the store mm-hmm. and was just taking like fast shots and it was it was really good it was really accurate i was surprised yeah uh, i mean and, it, uh, yeah. it it performed i i kind of think of it like a 5d mark ii that's always mm-hmm. my reference point for like not quite as good as a 5d mark iii i guess right <laughs> makes sense right yeah, so good, not not amazing, but not um, exceptional. Yeah, very very competent. Like it's not going to be an excuse to not be able to take good photos. And I'm just I'm actually pulling up the spec sheet because I don't want to get things wrong. Anyway, so I'm looking on BNH. This camera's eight thousand four hundred ninety six dollars currently, mm-hmm. uh, fifty one megapixels, um, worth every penny. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the high density um, screen with like, you know, a lot of DPI. So everything looked fantastic on it. Uh, and it shoots video. The video was garbage. Like, I, I don't even want to spend time talking about it. It was really jello oh, really? Yeah. Like there's oh. a lot of wobble to it. So oh, if no. you were like doing something, there's things it could be interesting for, because you've got that medium format depth of field. So you could maybe do like, uh, like portraits, like video portraits. And that could look nice okay. if the camera's not moving, but it's just not, it's not practical. Don't don't pay attention to it. That's not not a helpful feature. <laughs> One detail that was amazing with it is the the grip. Like this sounds boring, but the where you place your hand has an incredibly deep concave to it. So your fingers yeah, go that. way inside. Yeah, like holding a like a baseball bat. Like it, you are really holding onto it. And it's I didn't have a strap. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a strap when I had it, so I was actually just carrying it around, hiking in the mountains. And I felt totally fine with it, which was really surprising to me. I was amazed um, how comfortable it was to hold and then like to lift it up. Like, oh, it was so nice to use this camera. So um, anyway, I am like, I'm completely behind this. I know it's, it's expensive if you're an SLR shooter, but like such a reasonable price. And it just makes Hasselblad's not interesting to me at all. Like, I I think the advantage would still be probably there in the glass. Like you, you could probably see some sharpness advantage at at, at full resolution. Um, Maybe I I think there's a better lens selection for uh, the Hasselblad as well, but um, Mm, I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't actually know that. Like maybe, maybe technically, I don't really know, like in, in a practical sense, whether or not that's true. Mm. 
And I think Pentax does a, a pretty amazing job in general. So, well, and then talking to uh, Jordan and Chris from the camera store, they were saying that in general, like they keep reviewing Pentax cameras on their YouTube channel when nobody else is because they're amazing and totally overlooked like that that consistently pentax's ergonomics are awesome their image quality is good enough it's not exceptional which is why it's never we never really hear about them it's always kind of just like as good as most of the other cameras similar feature sets but really nice to use and after spending time with this one i totally believe it this was such a comfortable camera in my hand uh i wish it was mine (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and uh, Maybe yeah, one day. Yeah, someday. Obviously, there's uh, you know more dynamic range. It was just there. There's really nothing bad to say about it. Like I had no complaints. It was amazing. That's perfectly aligned with with uh, what my friend is always saying about it. He's just mm-hmm. you know he he can't rave enough. And this guy, I mean, he, this guy's been around, right? right? I mean, I think he's probably in his fifties, and he's been a professional for thirty five years. And he's used pretty much every camera, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, he's and he works in a camera store. So I mean, you know, he's pretty he's got familiar. Some pers- with them. He's got some perspective. So yeah. you know, and he's just like, this is the best. This is the best. You and know he's what? Just I, like very matter of fact about it. I remembered the issue though. There is a, there is a limitation in shutter speeds, uh, like sync shutter speeds, uh, which we've talked about before in this podcast. And I don't think we followed up on it or resolved our. Uh, slightly fuzzy understanding of how it really works, but the maximum sync speed, as I understand it, is slower than you would typically have on this camera. I'd, what's it like, 120 or something? No, what's the deal with it? Oh, there's, I wish I had looked this up first. But anyway, it, it's suboptimal. I don't remember why. I should have uh, I should have made more notes. Um, I did not shoot with it uh, at all um, in, in studio. It was all just walking around that's weird because that, that was a complaint like, like that seems like it, it looks i guess it's uh the flash speed is 125th yeah okay that's what that's what the the googles um, are telling me and there's very few uh, i think it's not compatible with leaf lenses leaf sh- shutter lenses i think was the issue like none of them work whereas you can do that on the oh. uh um hasselblads so you can get that's like the, yeah they, like, well i think like they, oh, I shouldn't be talking about cameras I know nothing about, but I, I know it's easier to get a leaf shutter on a Hasselblad or a Phase One. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that is a downside. But I mean, for a third of the price, so right. <laughs> I think it it just comes down to like everything else. It has everything to do with what you shoot. Yeah, if that so, happens to matter for you, which I, you know, I think of a medium format camera as a such a studio camera. But yep. this made me feel like you could just walk around with this thing. Like this could be this could be a you know go on a photo walk with this thing, right? <laughs> the downside being that each file is seventy megabytes. So when you kind of take mediocre shots that you're unsure if you want to save them or not, it kind of costs you a lot of uh, storage space. Yeah, but not as much as film. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's what I had to say about it. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm really curious. Like I don't need to, to, to make that kind of a switch right now, Mm -hmm. but I think if I, to be honest with you, I think if I was, it's, it's pretty much the only system that I'm curious about Yeah, for medium format. I I will rent it for a client at some point. There's no justification for me to own 
a camera near this price point because it would be exactly. used for like a fraction of what I do. Like most clients do not care. It would, it would slow me down a bit cause it is faster to shoot on 35. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's those times. That, that's that, exactly it though. Because like when I think about how much I use my, my D 800 and it's, it's rare anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, nine, 9.9 times out of 10, I'm grabbing the DF right. if I'm shooting digital period. Hmm. I just I appreciate everything about it more. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. If you need this camera, you already know that you need this camera. But like for rentals, like this will I will be grabbing this again and again. It's amazing. Like to for headshots for studio sit down stuff. Um, like uh, just for anything that you want to be big after or have amazing depth of field. So. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, I, it's certainly curious. Oh, I also had some success with the uh Hasselblad remember how I keep blowing it yeah focus right you were always having a hard time yeah with focus, so what happened so I well I changed the f-stop to like f8 <laughs> um and then I got some shots very in focus and properly exposed I think the whole roll was exposed properly go. nothing didn't blow anything this was the wedding that uh I was shooting on film which I think I referred to mm-hmm. in a previous episode mm-hmm. um I I know I put a couple photos up on Flickr, so if you want to check those out. Um, yes. Oh, wait, I'm looking... Uh, yeah, okay, so some of them are the, the medium formats, the square ratio ones, obviously. Um, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with how those turned out. Uh, it was... Shooting a wedding on film was fun. Uh, I think we shot almost five rolls, four and a half rolls, because um, there was also digital, so it was kind of just to supplement... Um, the digital and we'll uh, try to kind of match it a little bit um, so that they can sit nicely together. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It's like a weird thing that process of shooting when you're shooting hybrid though, where you're like making that decision all the time of like, is this a film shot or is this a digital shot? I don't love that. I mm-hmm. kind of like being able to, I, it's nicer when I could commit. I'm like, okay, all these portraits for the next 20 minutes, these are all film that, yeah that felt better because I wasn't having a struggle of like, Oh, did I just, did I just waste a photo on film or waste it by shooting it digitally? Like, is this, you know, the struggle is real Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> like I actually, I, um, I'm, I'm having a really hard time believing in the, uh, the hybrid process mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. I, you know, I just make the decision when I leave, I'm like, okay, I'm taking a couple film cameras. Um, and you know, I'm probably not going to use one of them. I'll probably uh, use one of them more than the others. And, uh, you know, just it comes down to like, you know, how do I feel on the spot? And I, every time I regret having one too many. Yeah. And so, like, the idea of, of then like complicating that further and, and saying, like, well, I need a digital one too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just like, I've gotten to the point now with, with my film shooting that like I'm, I'm just like all right so if i'm if i feel like i need to take a shot it's going to be worth it anyway mm-hmm. i don't have that that you know that digital crutch that um makes you feel like you just you have since you have your camera you're just going to take pictures anyway yeah i don't have the time to manage that you know <laughs> well so, i um yeah. i on this trip so i guess i didn't say any of this so i'll just explain that i'm on a really big trip right now uh we went to new york fashion week 
Uh, now we're in Toronto for some blogging events, and tomorrow we're flying to London for London Fashion Week, and we're going to Paris for Fashion Week, Dang. and then we're coming uh, back to Calgary for two days for a fashion show, and then going to Montana for a fashion event there for a brand. So it's like a oh. long time on the road. Um, which is why it's Seriously. been hard to record anything. And then, and then who's, we're going back to Toronto fashion week after Montana. So like who's, who's feeding her cat? Uh, on his <laughs> mom, <laughs> they live next door. So she, it's, it's pretty easy. Oh, to, yeah. Uh, we have a cat sitter all the time. Um, <laughs> but on, so on this trip I brought, I actually brought two film cameras. I brought the SLR and the, the contacts and I've not taken a film photo yet. In through all of New York, zero film was shot, and it was just too hectic. It was too, fo- like I was too focused on work, and like I need all, I need to cover all this. Like I need coverage. I need to make sure I'm not missing important moments, and I got to make sure everything's in focus, and that my memory cards aren't overflowing, and that the batteries are charged, and I don't have time to pull out an extra camera, um, and and go through that thought process of like, is this a film photo or not? And yeah, I mean, it's kind of been it's, it's sad for me to not be able to do that, but it I it just had to be that way. Yeah, I I honestly I think you just have to make that decision before you walk out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's helped me a lot. I'm, I'm hoping that in the next leg of the trip, uh, we have less um, like work, less shows to go to, and less meetings and stuff. So um, I hope I'll be able to play tourist a little bit more. Cool. Well, which uh, which cameras did you bring? The well, the Contax T two, and the uh, Canon Elan seven N, which is my yeah. first expensive camera I ever bought uh, right out of college. <laughs> and uh, actually, that, yeah, I don't know if I ever told the story of this camera, but I bought it with, but going going into college, so like you know, right after high school, and a few years after having it, I went on a trip to Denmark and left it there at a friend's house for almost 10 years. <laughs> and I actually just went back to Denmark a couple of years ago and picked it up again and it was still there. And now I'm shooting with it and it's amazing. Um, but yeah, it was, it was in somebody else's hands for like almost a decade. And then I, in that time I never thought about it. I was like, film is dead. Who wants to shoot film? What a pain in the ass. And then by the time <laughs> I'd gone back, I'm like, Oh my God, this camera's amazing. How did I ever let this thing go? <laughs> Uh, it has eye tracking on the focus and uh oh yeah it's awesome. awesome that camera's great and it's cheap uh, on ebay now it's like 50 bucks 70 bucks it, it feels like shooting a 7d um it's like mm, right. you know like a a, a good mid mid-range yeah DSLR. feels good yeah did you happen to see um the article about film cameras that that i did for stocksy's film month Oh yeah, I did. I actually edited it and made some additions. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you for that because uh, yeah. I can't write worth a crap. And uh, <laughs> well, neither can I. I didn't edit. Help. I didn't edit your writing. I just. I think I added Somebody some camera did. models. Yeah, yeah. That was Somebody that was Sarah. Definitely did. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. I think she was annoyed with me, but that's separate. <laughs> anyway, um, I that was one of the the um, SLR film SLRs that I recommended. Send me that, or remind me to put that link in the show notes. Remind me to do the yeah. show notes at all. Can you do the show notes this week? 
<laughs> I can try. Uh, yeah. awesome. I guess I should do something for the for the effort, right? Yeah. And by the way, this this is probably going to be an unedited episode for anyone listening to us drone on. And if you hear us saying like more often than usual, it's because uh, usually I try to edit those out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know. Yeah, you know. which is what I'm guilty of. You know. Yeah, so. it's the new drinking game. If, if <laughs> noticed before. Speaking of drinking. <laughs> Um, okay, what else? I know there's like infinite things in my mind is jumping all over the place. What have you been doing? I'm like, I, I've talked now. Tell me, tell me about yourself. Well, I went on vacation. That was uh, rare for me. I don't think I've had a, a proper vacation in quite a long time, if um, ever, since I was a little kid. So um, that was a pretty weird thing for me to actually disconnect from work and, and just relax. Yeah. And, and drink beer and where were you guys did you travel i don't really know where you were i did i um it my my little journey uh, it was almost three weeks total and um i started by going up to to new york city with my wife to celebrate my birthday with a bunch of friends which was amazing Mm -hmm. uh we we went to a restaurant that um that we'd been wanting to it was kind of on our bucket list for restaurants it's called blue hill um and it's it's one we learned about from uh, the chef's table on netflix and um which is an amazing show if you're into like food culture at all like mm-hmm. i recommend it it's it's super cool cuz you get to learn about like it gives you just a, a an inside perspective on on this culture and it can help you to appreciate it in a way that like you might otherwise think like why do people get so into this um and that show really makes you know makes the case for it um so we enjoyed that and you know it was you know like a 400 dollar dinner <laughs> So we so won't was, be going back. <laughs> probably it was amazing. I'm sure it was, it was very memorable. Yeah, it was it was an experience for sure. And um so that was really cool. And that's how my my uh vacation started and then I immediately headed um home to Salt Lake City, Utah uh for a couple days and and visited with my family. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to visit friends, but um, it was still nice to just visit there. And then um I came home for a couple days and didn't work. Which was awesome, and it, uh, then, and then I, saw, I went to. Uh, sorry, I saw you were shooting film this whole time as well. I saw some. I really shot film every, every film day. Shots. Yeah. Every day. Thanks, thanks. Um, I I just posted one on Facebook. <laughs> oh, I'll go. Um, but I, uh, yeah. So after after that, we when I got home, my wife joined me um, and my son, and we went to uh, the Jersey Shore and Surf City uh, for a whole week and did nothing, and it was awesome amazing i loved it and yeah my perspective of the jersey shore is so much different now like i have a a, now that you've grown up or watched the show no just (laughs) right now that i've I've experienced it for for what it really is and not for a sensationalist bs perspective that viacom wants you to believe you know like it's uh it's actually an amazingly nice place to be Hmm. And the water was fantastic all the day, all the days. Like we had a really great week. We had great weather and everything. So yeah, it was awesome, and I really got to relax. But um, aside from that, um, as soon as I got home, uh, reality landed on me like a house, <laughs> and it was like, oh yeah, you know what? We're doing call to artists over at Stocksy. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, yeah, I've been working um, overtime. Um, sorting that out and i have to tell you man like i am so excited about this new new crop of photographers Ooh, we have, i've been watching we have your just, tweets 
Oh man, it's so awesome. Like these people are just, they're so amped up to, to be joining us and, um, the work is, it's just, it's incredible. That's so great. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm so it. excited. Yeah. I've been loving, uh, watching film month by the way, which has been a long mm-hmm. time coming and, mm-hmm. uh, is yeah, really cool project. There's just, if you go to stocksy.com and click film, there's like a feed of, of all film photos that will show up for you. Yeah. Which is a brand new thing that that um, it was something that uh, I was asking for a long time ago because selfish, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I like film and I, you know. But the, at the time when when this whole thing started to, to kind of <laughs> be a conception, this mm-hmm. was like sixteen months ago. You know, when we yeah. first started talking about doing a film month, this was like sixteen months ago. So it's it, you know, it took a long time to to realize it, and also we didn't have that many people that were actually contributing with them. I just looked in the first like three or four photos of yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually, I, I, I kind of look at that with a, a little bit of embarrassment because, um, Is it I, sort know, of I'm latest or? no, it was, it was. And then they just changed it today to be sorted by curated. Oh, okay. And so, um, I just have gotten, you know, I, I got some curations this week. And also oh, nice. the other thing is that, um, the way that the curation sort is now, it's also bringing up some older images as well. So I, I, I have seven images immediately viewable on that feed, which is is a little embarrassing to be honest. With you. And it's just embarrassing. Well, it doesn't but the feed looks great, so it does. But it feels like the Cameron Show, which is not very cool. I'd watch that show. I like it. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I like my. I like what I do. Like I just. I. I. You know. I have a lot of fun creating this work, so I like to look at it. But, you know, like I would like to, I would prefer to see um, the latest, but that's just me. Hmm. So yeah. uh, what were you shooting on? What, what cameras did you bring on that trip? I, I, I took a lot. <laughs> I took the, uh, the, the Mamiya 7, um, which I shot um, 30 exposures. So that it was a 120 and one one twenty, And that was, it was a little, it was, I wanted to use it more. But as you can imagine, like you don't want to just arbitrarily whip out yeah. the big guns. You know, yeah, you, you don't want, want to waste it, right? Because it's it's. I'll tell you, man. When you get your when you get a rollback from the lab, and you know you're excited, you know you're like downloading the link, and and you know you get to you know suddenly upload those to to your Lightroom or whatever, and then you see that you know one of them's cool. Yeah, it's it's uh. It, it just doesn't have the same effect as when, you know, you have a, a, an awesome role. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, when you have an awesome role that has seven out of 10 that are, that are dynamite, like that's like, that's the lottery. And I loved that feeling coming back from a uh, New York trip. Actually, no, one on a New York trip and one on a California trip. I was shooting tons and tons of digital for work and mm-hmm. like shot like one roll of film. And yeah, it was like, the the film had all of my favorite moments both times and that's when that's it feels so great cuz cuz yeah you know my my brain was just clicked into that mode of like oh this is this is more interesting than most of the other stuff that's happening i'm going to use film on this and it was worth it um, yeah and you know like i i've in the past i've talked a lot about intention and um you know going into an idea with your camera and and like already having selected the the preset if you will by pre-choosing a camera and a, a specific kind of film, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've, 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 I overturned a big stone on this vacation, just realized it, and that is that 
that I've now decided, you know, this is something I've been trying to work towards is deciding which film goes with which camera, like which one actually works best. And uh, I found uh, the combination or I've settled on a combination for my Olympus XA. And that is with uh, Kodak Ultramax 400. I just, it's, Hmm. I hate that film in my Nikon. (laughs) I don't know how to, it's the weirdest thing. Like I, I've put it, I, Kodak Gold and and uh, 200 and also the Ultramax 400 I've shot with my uh, FM3A Nikon and and I think it's just it doesn't um, react to the lens in the same way that that, that it does with the Olympus yeah and uh, you know that's a real thing so uh, but with the Olympus the the shots that I'm getting now just dedicating that film to it like they're I love them yeah. you know well, like I, I think I'm I've, like this is it I've said my combo before which is. Uh, you know, similar, but different of, uh, you know, the gold goes with my contacts T2. And mm-hmm. for me, like the reason I've ended up, I, I, I think I know I prefer, and it's cause I turn the flash on a lot more often on that. Like do, you know, the kind mm-hmm. of direct flash, uh, like grittier, you know, kind of looks, looks Uncle like, Terry. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it's perfect for that, the higher contrast. And, uh, um, yes, it is, you know, it just works I, really I well with a flash. So that's, I think part of why, or also that I, in general, am shooting in brighter light uh, with, with that. Like I am less willing to take risks on low soft light. So usually there's more sunlight going on when I'm using that camera because you know, focus isn't as good. Um, I just don't, I can't trust, I can't shoot at 1.4. Uh, so then when I'm shooting with the SLR, I think I take kind of more risks. I'll shoot in lower light. I'm looking for softer light. Absolutely. The way you interact with, with the cameras in, in, in total is, mm-hmm. is different. So, yeah. You know what I miss and I loved was the, the, the one time traveling that I used the, uh, to a point and shoot. I like, bought a little Fuji and loved that feeling of shooting with a uh, – sorry, I said point and shoot, but I mean disposable point and shoot because mm-hmm. um, it's, like, it's a really wide lens – uh, you kind of just leave the flash on all the time because that looks better. <laughs> uh, and you need a lot of light because the it's like F11 or something. <laughs> so you know that always, like, if there's no light, don't bother. Um, but, like, the way it made me think was just so different. And so, like, I love the photos I took out of that camera. And I basically haven't been buying more because they're kind of expensive. And I'm always like, well, I could just use the contacts, which I already paid for <laughs> so i probably should use this you know better camera but it's a really fun experience if, if you guys haven't picked up a disposable camera since you were kids uh now's the time because it's honestly like you can take some really cool shots with it especially with the fuji one it's better it's i think it's markedly better than the, the yeah. kodak version oh, okay. i haven't yeah. compared but um yeah it's super fun have you have you shot one lately uh yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't have anything awesome to show for it, but um, it's mostly uh, mostly I handed it to my son and said, "Go nuts." <laughs> uh, well, um, speaking of which, I actually bought him a um, a film point and shoot. I bought him the uh, Minolta Hymatic F. No, oh, I've never heard of that, but cool. Was it a, a cheapie? Yeah, it was really cheap. Nice. Um, I'm waiting for um, batteries because <laughs> it's oh. uh, it's one of those ones that has the the CDS the cadmium the CDS meter, uh, much like the Yashico Electro 35, uh, Yashica not Shiko. Um and it's uh, it took Mercury batteries so which are no longer available. 
Okay. And so um, now you can use uh, like there's these they're kind of like wine air batteries, or you can buy adapters for alkaline. And so are you just so. going to let them run loose with it, or are you going to totally. kind of force him to slow down and think about each shot? Well, he's already getting you know getting there. So he's taking he's more recently taking it uh, taking a different level of interest to it. And um, this one is it's everything is automatic, but it's a rangefinder. <laughs> so I mean, it's from 1972. So he will have to think about it a little bit. Just to even- he's gonna have to think about focusing, and I yeah. think that that is the thing that I want him to focus on, which is why, like, immediately <laughs> when I got focus. this, totally. Um, because I mean, taking yeah, I don't know. I mean, little kids, you watch them take pictures, and they're like, "I took a picture of that. It was awesome." And like, yeah. we're like, "Show me the picture," and they're like, "There it is." And I'm like, "Is it awesome?" They're like, "No, it's blurry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, then why did you say it was awesome? <laughs> but, um, you know, I want, I just want to give him something where, like, he can feel like he's uh, doing what daddy's doing. Well, you know what? He's um, probably going to be one of the only children that will have memories of film. I think most, most future adults will not know what film was. So, you know. I don't know, man. I cool. think that, that there's such a strong movement in the, uh, like, in, in young circles with uh, film. I'm not actually that, that bullish on it. I think it will, I think it's going to surge for mm-hmm. five years maybe but i think totally the, die <laughs> yeah well i think no the developing i think is going to be a real hurdle like um no i think they'll be yeah the, like they'll just be too few places to get it done um and i think it's gonna do very well for a while i you know our excitement about it is shared with other people and i think that'll last a while but i think it also needs a critical mass in numbers there has to be mm-hmm. enough people doing it always, and it can't just be well, a trend. It's not impossible though, because if you compare it to vinyl records, you know you can you'll yeah, see that. Yeah. Like, that's my know, hope. There is looking at yeah, vinyl. Um, there is the possibility that it could it could take off in in a similar way, and yeah. I you know I really want it but to because I di- you know the differences with vinyl like it just needs to be manufactured and then sold. Right, mm-hmm. like, and as long as you own a record player, like that, it's it's all worked out. You're just going to the record store, buying it. But here, like, there's got to be all these steps if they need to keep making Too many the elements. film and the chemicals, and then the scanners still need to be maintained. And like, when, who, who's yeah. designing the next generation of scanners or film developing? Equipment? Actually, <laughs> right, yeah. Actually, there is a new one out on the market. Oh, it actually came out. Is this the, the like the? Well, tell me the about bra- it. The Braun. Oh, I don't know anything well, about it. I'll look it up. It's okay, a, well, a, here we're we're at picks, like uh, yeah. so. Can, tell me about it. This, is this going to be your pick of the week? No, because I don't. I've never used it. Oh, okay. Tell me about it anyway, and then tell uh, me about your picks. I'll just quickly tell you that that there is a new scanner on the market. Um, I mean, it's new to the United States. I think it's been available in Europe for a year or so. Um, but it's called the Braun FS1E. It's a medium um, and one thirty five. Uh, format scanner and it's uh, apparently it's comparable to the nikon 9000 which was the best of this class um and it's up it's apparently it's quite fast for what it is Um, and so it's 2000 Hmm. which is i think (laughs) given you know the the total uh knowledge of this of this arena like i think that that seems really reasonable you know um so I don't know. I'm I'm very curious. You know, like I want to I want to see somebody actually use it and get some results. But yeah, I don't know. I'm really curious. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I, it could it 
totally could happen. I, I want to be proven wrong and I want film to last forever. Well, I'm working really hard <laughs> to <laughs> um, keep it alive. But, yeah. But I mean, I obviously, I mean, there are a lot of other people that are, they're working really hard yeah. to keep it alive yeah. and we're all feeding each other. So who knows? Yeah, it could happen. So, what are you into my, this week? My pick. So, I found, um, I found a bunch of cameras. Go figure. Um, <laughs> did you buy a bunch of new cameras? I did, but oh, there cool. none of them. None of them work. So that's the that's the caveat. In my defense, that, they're all broken. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they were cheap, and um, you know, but like one of them. Like I can see that the uh, the shutter works and that you know it works, but I, I'm ha- I'm really struggling with actually loading film. I put a roll in it and I, I destroyed the, the the roll pretty quickly, uh, which is sucky. But it's the Argus C3, which uh, is a pretty storied and famous um, rangefinder from the God. What is it? Either the 40s or 50s or something like that. Um, it's most famous for its uh, role in the Harry Potter movies. Um, when? Well, I think it was like what's what's the what's Harry's best friend? Hermione. No, no. The, the well, uh, Ron. Ron. Yeah, he, I think he was <laughs> the one that was, that was always using it. But like, if you look it up, if you Google Argus C three, um, it's extraordinarily likely that you'll see pictures of it in relationship to Harry Potter. <laughs> um, but this thing is a brick. It weighs a ton. It's oh, small. is it the one that's like actually a brick? Yes. Yeah, I have that. Let me see if oh, do I'm, you? Oh, I'm looking it up. Uh, like it's a to- like a perfect rectangle. Yes, I have this camera, yes. and yeah. mine mine even works. And uh, photos turned out from it. Yeah, which I was that's the, surprised that's... by. Yeah, but that's the thing about this cheap camera, is that they they last. They continue to work. Well, and I, uh, you know, I should say they turned out as in there were photos on it. I don't know <laughs> that any of them are interesting, but right. I think that the the thing that interests me outside of just having it as a um, as decoration, because that's kind of why I bought these, because knowing that they weren't really operational, I was just like, well, you know, like I think that the price is okay, and I'll just I like to have um, you know cameras sitting on things, so I can always see cameras because that's what I like to look at, mm-hmm. <laughs> camera porn. Who doesn't? Um, yeah, so uh, that's that's the, the the number one reason that I bought these cameras. But so the the Argus C three was one of them, and I um, the the thing that I'm curious about with this camera, if I decide to actually to uh, brave another roll with it and use it, is uh, the it's double exposure use. So because you have to wind it every time, so it's yeah, really, it's really weird for that. Like the the winding is a really strange, very manual process. Indeed, and that. I've already had really difficult luck with my um, Voigtlander baby Bessa for the same reason. And I've had a lot of unintentional double exposures, <laughs> uh, which have resulted in a couple happy accidents. But in a lot of cases, it's just like, damn, <laughs> you know, yeah. I screwed that one up again, you know, and sometimes you screw up one that you're excited about. And that yeah, it's is, like, that looks pretty cool, but it probably would have looked cooler as a real photo. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, the, the next one was the, that Minolta Hymatic F, which, uh, I just, I think it's, it's a, it's a nice looking, very compact, fully automatic film point and shoot with a really sharp lens. So I was like, cool, I, that looks like it's going to work and, uh, it, it should work. I just need to get batteries for it. Um, and then I got, uh, a Kodak Retina 2A, 
which I think is just a fascinating looking camera, but this one is completely unoperational. Hmm. So, but you got um, it. Why'd you get it? Just to look at. Just to look at. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I could get it fixed if I decide to. This particular one has a, has a, a decent lens on it. Um, I don't think it's really worth it. Um, but who knows? Like years down the road, I might just decide to to send it to somebody and see if it can come back to life. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really interested in it and for using it. You know, it's just more like, well, it's part of this batch and it's really cheap. So I'm just going to get it. Um, and the last one I'm really super excited about, um, but it also is is uh, not operational. But I, I'm, I've already talked to a guy <laughs> about getting it um, refurbished. And CLA, so um, I'm going to do that. But it's the Fujica V2, which is a uh, fixed lens. Um, it's an old 1964 fixed lens rangefinder from Fuji uh, with a 45 millimeter 1.8 lens. Hmm. And that sounds really it, nice. Yeah, and it's really apparently it's super sharp, and um, it's a very fast lens, and it's all fixed. You know, so it's like that that thing that Fuji does. You know, and they do really well. And I've been kind of pining for a something like a fifty millimeter like that mm-hmm. for a while. And I, w- I've, I think we—I don't know if we've talked about it on the show or not, but I've talked about it with other people a lot. Is that I always I always say like I wish I had a fifty millimeter point and shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a point and shoot. It's fully operational, um, and it's it's not light. It's it's pretty heavy, but man, it is a really really gorgeous camera it's beautiful mm-hmm. and so uh, i'm really excited to get this one fixed um it's gonna cost me <laughs> and i'm gonna have to wait a long time um that was the first thing that, that my guy told me um my guy being mark hama um out of georgia who's uh he's pretty well known for he's the yushika guy uh the but, yushika guy right yeah but he also fixes a lot of other cameras and so um yeah, I don't know that there's a lot of people that are that are like really familiar with this camera. It's pretty rare. Yeah, and, I've um, never heard of it. You should look it up. It's it's a really beautiful. Um, there's actually there's this company, and I'm not sure exactly what their deal is. Um, I don't know if they just uh, refurbish cameras to sell for them for themselves, or if they actually will fix your camera for you. Uh, I did send them an email, and I haven't heard back from them, but they're called Elot Vintage. And uh, what they do is they um, they completely, you know, deconstruct and, and reconstruct vintage cameras, and then um, they change like from the the vulcanite um, or leather or whatever you have on your on your camera. They they take that off, and they replace it with a wood veneer. Hmm. And there's they are sexy, man. They're so that's sexy. pretty cool. They are really gorgeous. You should you should look. I'll I'll give you a link for the. I, show I notes. can't wait. To, I can't wait to read the show notes you put together to find out all about these cameras. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? Um, um, yeah. So that's my thing. Though, is that like I got these cameras and I've been you know wondering and it it, it sucks on one hand because they're all really beautiful cameras and and uh, they don't work. So. <laughs> I've got a few it's, of those too. Don't feel bad. So that's my thing. Cool. My things are totally not camera related. So I've been um I've been in fashion mode and mm-hmm. clothes and style mode. Um not for myself. I just 
dress like a schlub and take pictures of people that look better than me. But um, <laughs> I, we, we, we were at an event for, this is like such a weird thing to recommend, but we were at an event for Echo Shoes, like E-C-C-O Echo, which I've always like looked at them as comfort old people shoes. That's kind of like <laughs> what they're known for. If you've ever seen them around, they're a Danish brand. They've been around forever. And that's like, I don't know, going to the event, I was like, ah, like who cares? Kind of. These are like my new favorite shoes ever. Um, they are, I just, they're extremely com- comfortable and look super cool. And I know that's a very odd thing to recommend, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but check out, is. check out what Echo Shoes are doing now, because like, that's what I'm wearing every day on this trip. And they uh, figured out how to make cool shoes fit amazingly. I will back you up. I have had probably four or five pairs of Echo shoes in my life. And um, one of those pairs lasted me, I think, six years. Oh, cool. Um, Then I'm, well, looking forward to many years to come with these. They they obviously have, like, hired a new designer or something. They are looking to get more current and stop just, like, having to focus on just comfort. And they Mm -hmm. so they look cooler while still being really well made and really comfortable. Um, and then I, I yeah. have another uh, unrelated to everything else recommendation, which is that with the update of iOS to iOS 9, we now have the ability to add ad blockers, which is going to be maybe a super disruptive thing if all of a sudden everybody realizes that their phone battery lasts longer and web pages load long, uh, quicker and you use up less bandwidth if you install a app blocker on your phone um like it it's on a laptop or a desktop blocking ads is sort of trivial like you're only doing it to not be distracted because you have tons of bandwidth your computer's usually fast enough to load them and you would only really block them if like they're really annoying to you or you um are uncomfortable with tracking but on your phone there's you know it actually impacts the battery life and the bandwidth and um it's can have a real advantage to not be loading all those ads and trackers so uh, on iPhones, the thing I'd recommend checking out, the app I'm using is Peace, which is from Marco Arment, who started Instapaper, used to work at Tumblr, does my favorite podcast app, Overcast. He, you know, he's just a developer I really trust. And uh, yeah, it's, I think it was three bucks and um, uses Ghostery as the ad blocking directory and service. Uh, and I'm just running it today for, as a trial run, but so far so good. And I am probably just going to leave it on because I don't want to pay for bandwidth on ads that I didn't really ask for. And there's probably going to be a, a lot of, I, th- I, I think there is a storm coming with the way mm. marketing works on the internet. Like yeah, things are going to change. Chrome's going to start blocking flash ads by default. And if the, the if they decide to do something like um, you know limited tracking by default, or if Safari does it, if browsers start defaulting to blocking some of this stuff, like it can really change the landscape of how websites make money. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm not gonna. I mean, I guess I'm already like put, putting myself on one side or the other of like how I feel about. Uh, if it's ethical to not look at the ads on sites that uh, you're reading the content of, but I'll leave that discussion to other people. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering how that will affect um, 
people that make images. Yeah. So somehow, I mean, it could be negative. Yeah. Well, it would be really strange about it. Even more than ads not loading would be if analytics start vanishing. If suddenly uh, 50% of the internet goes dark because people are uh, disallowing tracking or things like mm-hmm. that. I mean, that could really change things. So um, yeah. we'll see if it, if it becomes a thing and if it really picks up, but um, I'm curious about it and experimenting with it. And I, I think it's it's worth everybody else taking a look at it. Like the, to to quickly get into why I think it's okay to do this, um, and this is not really my argument. I'm kind of listening to smarter people's arguments and then making my decisions based on who I <laughs> think is right. But uh, John Syracuse, I mean, that's how I do everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, the, the argument presented that I uh, agreed with was. Um, basically this, like this battle already happened with pop-up ads that Mm -hmm. I'm just going to totally summarize what he said, but that, um, you know, we at some point collectively decided like, you know what, these pop-up ads are really annoying. And previously marketers had realized like, look, pop-up ads, they work great. Like you can just take over somebody's screen and then they kind of are forced to look at it and you can trick them into clicking it. And like, that's a great way to get people to click through and potentially make money from them. But we decided that, well, browser manufacturers especially decided like, you know what, that's just not good for our users. And even though you're making money off of it, that's too bad. It's not it's not favorable to the people that are browsing the internet. So find a new way to make money because we're going to block pop-ups by default. And now we're at a new point where a lot of websites take an extra three seconds to load per page or take an extra five megabytes to download, or, you know, there's major uh, costs to the user for loading in these really obnoxious ads. And, you know, maybe the price they need to pay is like, well, look, like you crossed the social contract boundary that we had all kind of agreed to that, you know, like, I'll look at your ads as long as you don't ruin the experience for me. But if they ruin it too much, then, um, well, you know, that's too, it's too damn bad. I'm going to block your ads. So deal off. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I, I want to, I want to be excited about that, but I'm also nervous. So, (laughs) well, We'll find out. Uh, fortunately, we have no advertisers, so it doesn't matter to us. <laughs> Not directly, but maybe indirectly. So, so yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm really glad we could be back. We got an episode yeah. done, and uh, you know, wait and, for the next and, one two weeks from and, now. Right, and we're sorry. Yeah, it's true. We <laughs> um, actually are. There were there were a number of people that reached out to both Tyler and I and asked like, what's going on and. We just, uh, you know, we were vacationing and running around, and it's it's uh, incredibly nice to to get those kinds of messages to know great people. to hear from you. So, if you guys yeah. want to reach out to us uh, on Twitter, I'm at Stallman, and um, the hashtag cameras or whatever is always there to uh, talk about the show, talk about things we talked about on the show. And Cameron on Twitter is I always forget at Camrocker, C A M R O C K E R. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you.